0: Hey S, hey S, how you doing?
1: You write that yourself?
0: Yes, I did. Oh, wait. Let me think of. Let me think of something really quick. Hold on. Okay. <clears throat> da 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 da. Hey Sarah, we have an episode. Oh, with a really special guest. What? <laughs> Can you guess who it is? Can you?
1: <laughs> I the song. The melody is on the tip of my tongue, and I I really want to get it before you tell me what it is.
0: I don't think you know, so, So, he's the star of the the show. show. Can you pay my bills?
1: Uh, uh, Can you pay my telephone bill? Uh, Can you pay my hospital bills? (laughs) Can you, can you, can you pay my bills? I don't think the lyric is hospital bills. Can you I don't pay
0: think cell phone bills. Can you ride my
1: automobiles? Listen, it's definitely not hospital bills. Like, no, <laughs> that's what I but said.
0: Can you pay my hospital bills? I yeah, I can you though? Now.
1: Yeah, please pay my hospital bills. That's all. That's all I really care about in a relationship. You know, same. That's what I look for. Uh, today's guest, we love to our core, and you might
0: be wondering why I try to be clever and try to. Put Destiny's Child in the mix because Destiny's Child gets brought up in this guest story. <laughs> Segway. <laughs> Segway. We interviewed the most lovely human, my cousin Jacob. Joseph.
1: Yes. Jacob. Joseph. The and name so, is really he has a fame name. He really does.
0: It's a star name and JJ. Jacob is from originally from Cleveland, Ohio. Uh, now living in Miami, living his best life as an openly gay man, openly gay Indian man.
1: Yeah, which so is an important distinction because segue number two. Our topic today is we we just hear Jacob's story because he has he just has like I think probably such a universal story and also it's so unique to him, which is why I loved it so much. But um, we wanted to talk to him about being gay and Indian, and we've had we've wanted to do this topic since we started and we just, I don't know. We, I feel like we just wanted to have someone else with us who could speak to this experience and who better than someone like a member of your family who like you both, you both grew up in the same kind of like family tree, Mm -hmm. but we've had a lot of you guys reach out and be like, can you please do an episode about being queer and a minority, like a visible minority in any way. And I, I just think this episode was a long time coming and it does not disappoint. No, I'm very, very excited for you all to hear Jacob's
0: story. And Jacob, thank you so much for being so open and vulnerable and honest with Sarah and I for this podcast episode. We really appreciate it. And we know your story is going to resonate with so many people, whether you're Indian or not. I just think just as a queer person or even just a human going through life, like Jacob just knows himself. And I feel like a lot of us need to take some lessons from him.
1: Amen. I definitely do. I honestly cannot count how many times during this conversation, I felt like tearing up, like I wanted to cry. And it was just like that basic human instinct of like, just hearing what 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 people go through. Like we all have our own story and we all have our own struggles. And when you hear it, someone telling their side of it and the specifics of what they had to do to like, make it from day to day. It's just like, it was an emotional episode for me. And I, Mm -hmm. as you guys know, I never get emotional. (laughs) No, but seriously like this, I think you guys will really like this episode and this conversation. It's very raw. It's very real. And I think it's what a lot of queer people go through. And I am also excited to have another queer man on the podcast because I felt like it was about time.
0: I mean, I know we're girl on girl, but sometimes your girls want to be on some men.
1: That's right. Especially Persis.
0: Especially me. Especially. Like,
1: especially. She talks about it all the time. She thinks all, about it all the time. Yeah. dream but, about it. Like, I kind of have been meaning to talk to you about it. It's like getting a little bit out of hand.
0: Yeah. You're like, Persis girl, like, I'm fine. Like, we'll get a man on the podcast.
1: Yeah. And we did. And it was your cousin.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Who else? Who else?
1: <laughs> oh, my God. Love you, Jacob. Thank you so much. For everything, and uh, we hope you guys enjoy this conversation. Jacob? Yes. We're so excited that you agreed to come on.
2: I'm so honored that you asked me. Of A little course. nervous, but very excited to be doing this.
1: Yeah, I, I feel like everyone always says, don't be nervous, but it's okay to be nervous when you're like <laughs> talking, when you're talking about your life and your yeah. sexuality. It gets, it gets kind of like scary up in here, but we always just like, we just flow. Anything goes here. Like this is a safe space.
2: I like it. Safe space.
1: It is. It's girl on girl on boy this girl evening. Girl on boy. How do you guys know each other? How do we know Joseph? Jacob.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, listen. It Sarah's, was already,
1: failed. Sarah's ah! already failed. Sarah's already okay. failed. I was half because right. I was half literally right. Literally, everyone
2: in my life does it at some point.
1: So. <laughs> Just like, why do you have a first name as a last name? Like, that's not my fault, you know.
2: <laughs> it, it throws people off, and like, I think the funniest reaction is when people will hear it and they'll be like, "Is that real?" Or like, "Is that your real name?" And I'm like, "Yeah, it's my real name." They're like, "Something's not right about that." I'm like,
1: what do you want me to do? It definitely sounds like a stage name, a little bit.
2: Yeah, they feel like I'm a spy or something.
1: Jacob Ooh. Joseph, international <laughs> spy, double oh seven.
2: It's my granddaddy's name. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, but seriously though, how how do we know Jacob? So, girl For the on girl listeners. fans,
0: girl on girl listeners, Jacob is my cousin on my dad's side.
2: Woo it definitely is a distant relation though. And like growing up, I only really remember seeing you like once. Mm -hmm. And we had like met, I don't know how old we were, maybe like seven.
0: Oh, I think we were young. Young. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, we were definitely,
2: we were so young. And My family came up to Canada for some reason. And then we went to somebody's house to visit as we do. Um, and Gabe and Persis were both there, and we were just all little kids. We didn't really know each other up to that point, yeah. um, but we were just, like, playing, and, like, you know, I I feel like we were having a good time. <laughs> 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 I remember having fun, but, like, you know, it was, oh, like, cool. Goodness. I just didn't know exactly who they were, and then um, fast forward. Who over, are these I strange
0: think- kids that I'm hanging out with?
2: I was trying to think before this call, like, how did we reconnect? Because I really can't say, like, I know Gabe had come down to the U.S. for, we had a family reunion. And that was when I, like, reconnected with him. I was like, oh my God, like, I did meet you once before. Like, we played, like, when we were, like, kids a long time ago. And then I'm like, oh, there was this girl, Persis, also. She was there. And I think he was telling me about you. And then... At some point, I went up to visit, like, in Toronto, and then I, like, saw you, and I'm like, oh my gosh, like, I haven't seen you in years.
0: Yep. I think, I remember, I feel like we connected again through Gabe, and then you came to Toronto, and we went out. Like, we just, we, like, bonded right away. We were like, let's go out. Let's go to Cruise (laughs) and Tangos. We went out with Marsh that night. We went out with Sunny.
1: It
2: was Um, great. So fun. Considering that we never really had any type of like, you know, relationship where we see, were we seeing each other often, we just like saw each other in Toronto and then from there it was like good.
1: Like instant I feel like instant that can chemistry. happen with cousins sometimes. You just have, you just have like stuff to talk about because yeah. relatives, yeah. you know, and then you guys probably had even more to talk about considering you have some uh, similarities just a just a few similarities similarities
2: <laughs> i don't know if i ever told you this but i just always like saw you guys as like my really like cool cousins from canada i'm just like oh my god they're just like way cooler than i'll ever be
0: <laughs> wait are you kidding me no yeah, that's not I true thought you guys
2: were like so dope and i was like oh uh, like i was like happy to be related to you but also like dang like we like friends now that's so dope
1: <laughs> yes i that makes me so happy <laughs> They are not cooler than you. I can guarantee you. I can guarantee you.
0: I'm editing that whole part out. Keep going, Jacob.
1: No, you can't edit out the truth. Like, people need to know. (laughs) But also, just for the record, I would pay money to, like, go back in the time machine and be at that play date with you, Gabe, and Persis. Like, I mean, I would be a seven-year-old, too. Like, it wouldn't be weird. But, like, I just (laughs) – I keep just picturing you all as little babies. Totally. I think I have a vision
0: of, like, that, too. I feel like I remember the three of us playing. I think so. I think you were at my house. I think you guys were coming to my house.
2: That sounds right. It was somebody's house. I do remember your dad and all the adults, like, in the living room, you know, sitting around, like, talking. We were kind of, like, sitting there at one point, and then we, like, went off and, like, went and did our own thing. That's so just cute. It's like fragments, you know, just like random memories.
1: That's so cute. Jacob, how do you identify and what are your pronouns? Big questions out of the gate.
2: Uh, pronouns are he, him, and I identify as a gay male.
1: That's yes. right. Yes, you do. Well, that's right. And you live in Miami.
2: Yes. Gorgeous, as of, sunny, as hot
1: Miami. May. Oh, as of May. Yes. Where did you live before?
2: Cleveland, Ohio. Oh. That's where I was born and raised.
1: Why did you move to Miami?
2: So, um, I'm a nurse, and I decided, like, back in April, I was going to start travel nursing. So, I quit my job and signed up with the company, and I just, like, chose Miami on my own as, like, the first place to go to. I didn't know a single person here, but i was just down for like the tropical vibes
0: i love that that's also very like courageous of you yeah
2: you know i i was definitely scared to do it the thought of it was like super uncomfortable for me to like do something like that because i hadn't done anything like that up to that point right like just Mm -hmm. like moving away from home one and then two like moving to another city that was a big step but i think the challenge of it was like enticing to me to throw myself into something uncomfortable I was like you know I just need that and you know the worst that could happen was it didn't work out and I go back home but
0: you can always go back you yeah. always remember that
2: also if it's out of my control like I'm not gonna stress about it as long as I can like you know try my hardest do what I can but if something's out of my control and you know things don't work out the way I expected them to that's okay You know, I don't have to be, like, I can choose how I, like, process and deal with that and then go from there. I'm privileged and grateful to have a home to go back to, to have parents that would be, like, accepting of me coming back into their home and space. So, um, yeah, it is a privilege to have that resource.
1: Absolutely, because for some people, the answer to the question, what's the worst thing that could happen, is, is actually quite, you know, a life yeah. or death thing. But I think it's just so great that you took that leap. So the way you phrased it, I think, was of things you can't control. And I think when you're going, when you're doing something like we just did, like moving across the country to a new place, you want to feel like you can control every situation and you just can't. Like it's, it's so out of your comfort zone and so out of your control the, all you can do is just like surrender to the process. But I feel like sometimes I struggle with that. I still want to like control every, try to control every little aspect of it.
2: You know, at least what I tell myself to help me through that, because I, I, I'm very much someone that would like to be in control of the situation, right? So going into something like this, where you're not sure how it's gonna work out, you can plan as much as you want, but you know, stuff just comes up and you have to be like ready to adapt and change. So what I would tell myself is like, at the end of the day, you do have life experience and you do have your gut to like get you through and try to make Mm. the best you can, right? And you're gonna try your best. You're gonna do what you think is right in the moment. But in the end of the day, I try to tell myself, like, you know, no matter what happens, like, you'll be okay. And don't, Mm. like, don't be stuck in the idea that, like, uh, things are not working out. This sucks. This is terrible. Nothing's going the way I planned. Like, that might be true, but it's not permanent. And Mm. it doesn't have to be, like, you know, the end all. Things will get better. Things always do get better. And I just try to tell myself, like, you'll be okay. You'll be okay, you know?
0: You have such a calming like presence to you as well (laughs) Jacob like the way you even just said that is like you'll you'll be okay like talking like if you're just sitting there talking to yourself I can only imagine how good you'd feel
1: like that was just (laughs) such a calm energy. I was just gonna say I wish I could actually I can do this because we're recording I want to take that sound bite and just like play it before bed every night. (laughs)
2: Like you will be okay.
1: Okay, thank you for sharing that. I love what you said about like intuition and life experience. I feel like we take that for granted so often. We have experienced so much in our lives that we don't even realize how much of it we absorb and digest, and then it comes out in the decisions we make and the way we like navigate this weird life.
2: And yeah, you know what, Sarah? I'll add one more thing, like please One thing I have kind of thought about recently was um and my best friend, she helped me kind of come to this thought was. You know, when you think of, like, your life back in the day when you were growing up, you know, in your teen years, whenever, we always had this, like, dream, right? I, at least for me, I was always, like, dreaming of my future. I was always, like, fantasizing about, oh, what is my life going to be like? And I had all these scenarios of, like, oh, I want my life to look like this. I want to be doing this. Like, you had all these dreams as a kid. And then... The moment of like now and like realizing where you are in life now, we do have to like take a step back and be like, okay, we're doing it. Like a lot of the stuff that we dreamed of, we're doing it. We're out here living in these cities, like having these jobs, like going out, making friends. Like we're doing a lot of the stuff that we dreamed of, so we should be grateful for that. Like and just keep going, you know, keep dreaming, and you will eventually get the things that you hope for.
1: I love this so much. Right? Yes. <laughs> Hell yeah. Bam. Speaking of growing up and being a kid, Jacob, Segway. can you tell us a bit, I love a good segue, you all know. Can you tell us about like growing up? When did you realize that you were queer? What was your coming out experience like? Tell us a little bit about that, whatever you're comfortable with.
2: So um, I mentioned, you know, I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. Um, my parents, they're both from India. Um, from southern India, and they immigrated to the U.S. back in the 80s. Uh, Mom was a nurse, dad was an accountant, and my brothers and I, we were all born and raised in Cleveland. So along with our family, um, a lot of my dad's family was also in Cleveland. So I did grow up with all my, at least most of my dad's side of cousins with me in Cleveland. Um, Gosh, I mean where to start, right? Like, (laughs) yeah, I definitely feel like my experience growing up was a lot of ups and downs. It was very complicated. So I grew up with, you know, my immediate family in that context of that Indian community, but also there was a greater Indian community that my parents and family participated in, like a It was like called Kerala Association of Ohio. So they would have like these annual parties and my parents would, you know, attend those, go to, you know, their friends' houses. And I was always around that community growing up. That was one side of my life. My other side of my life was kind of like my American life, right? Of like Mm -hmm. going to school, growing up in like a suburb of Cleveland and having all of those experiences. So I always kind of lived this like double life of like my Indian life and my American life. That's definitely the theme of like (laughs) what my life is now, even to this day of just like balancing those two worlds and trying to bring them together. And sometimes it blends and it works. And sometimes there's like clashes and there's conflict. So when it comes to me, I definitely, you know, when people ask like, "When when did you know you were gay? I find that like kind of a difficult question because I don't know if I necessarily knew what gay was, you know, at like a certain age. Yeah, I sure. think I knew around the time of like maybe, you know, grade five, when we're starting to talk about in school, like sex and like sex, sex education. I think I kind of realized at that point, like, Oh, okay. Like I'm not interested in having sex with a woman. <laughs> like yeah. that's not on my radar at all. Yeah, but even younger than that, I can remember just in kindergarten. I always knew I was different. I didn't quite know what it was, but I knew like I moved differently than the other people around me, especially the other boys around me. Mm-hmm. Um, I never felt ashamed of it. I, it came from a very like natural place of, you know, I was just interested in stuff that like maybe other boys my age were not that interested in. And I was, like, comfortable doing things, like, hanging out with girls, you know, doing things I were perceived to be as girly. Those were just, like, not that, like, uncomfortable for me, and I enjoyed Mm -hmm. doing them. But to people around me, they saw that as, like, oh, like, that's not what you're supposed to be doing, you know?
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Classic society for you. Classic.
2: (laughs) So I always knew I was different. And whether that was in school or even around my family, most of my cousins on my dad's side are guys. So to me, they were all examples of like, you know, it was like heavy, like straight energy, right? But I always kind of knew, like, I moved differently than they did. And I wasn't really interested in a lot of the stuff that they were interested in. I felt unique. I didn't quite know what that uniqueness was until maybe later in life.
1: Can I just ask, what were some of the things that you were really interested in, like some of your, your big hobbies when you were a kid? That, the ones that you were like, this is a little different from maybe the boys at school or like my, my boy cousins.
2: You know, I was really big into music, right? And I was really big into like fashion and just like watching like music and dance on TV whenever I had the opportunity. And yeah. the music I was listening to was like a lot of like female artists, right? So yeah. very heavy on Destiny's Child, Britney Spears. Oof. Of course. You know, like Mariah Carey, like those were just like my Queens. idols. I would be, you know, so into their music. Missy Elliott, I was obsessed uh,
1: with I'm still obsessed with her. You know,
2: I just like renovated these women and I love seeing them on TV. I love watching their music videos. And when I had the opportunity, you know, on these, like, old school computers, right, what we had back in the day, I yeah. would, like, <laughs> close the door, lock it, hype <laughs> up. Paint, like, the picture, some, paint the picture, paint
0: the picture. Play the
2: candle. Like, music on LimeWire or whatever, like, those, like, downloading services were. Oh, music on Lime demand,
1: LimeWire, BearShare. <laughs> like, oh.
2: oh, my gosh. And you had to get like the good links, right? Because otherwise, you could get like the virus on your
1: computer. Oh, I've been but- yeah, that was scary. That was scary.
2: <laughs> that was scary.
1: Yeah, and like if you didn't have the virus, then you'd have a recording that was like, yeah, purse, you just did it. It'd be like worldwide recordings, <laughs> like in the middle of your like No Scrubs by TLC. <laughs> <laughs> Yo,
2: people you just don't think know. It's part of it. The internet was not easy back in the day. Okay, we really had to navigate the internet back in the day.
1: We had to work. We had to work for our music kids. Mm -mm, It wasn't just like load up Spotify and hit play. No.
2: (laughs) Um, But back to it. What were we talking about?
1: Oh, yeah, we totally derailed you. What were we talking about? (laughs) Destiny's Child? You would close the door. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah.
2: yeah. I would blast this music, right? Like Destiny's Child and just like be dancing and like living my best life, like living the moment. It was, it was my time and oh, I just loved it. I didn't feel ashamed. I didn't feel like there was anything wrong with what I was doing until other people made me feel that way, you know?
0: Mm-hmm. To tell you like, <laughs> oh, that's not what a boy would be doing. A boy would right. be listening to like these these types of female musicians and listening, yeah. watching their music videos, you know, copying the dances. It's And I find that really interesting too, when we talked to Kyle, who um, is our really good friend and he identifies as a gay male, very similar stories in the sense like he found this fascination with female pop stars growing up and they were kind of a part of his coming out journey too.
1: Yeah. It's like a grad, like he still loves them so much. And for him, it's like, it's what, it's basically what helped him realize I'm, I'm unique. Like you said, I'm a little bit different from the boys in my class and ultimately he's like has so much gratitude for for those passions because it just he like found himself very early in life
2: Mm -hmm. and and not to say like i I, of course i listen to like all types of music but i think it's just like the comfort and the like I, i just wasn't scared of like things that were maybe other people would maybe tell me I shouldn't be interested in. I was interested in that stuff. So, like, I didn't feel like there was anything wrong with listening to Britney Spears, like, toxic and watching the videos and, like, dancing to it. And I just had a great time doing it. You know?
0: <laughs> I love your yeah. confidence. I feel like I've always noticed this about you is, like, you have an I don't give a fuck energy. Like, even when I first met you, you you just have this inner confidence. And I know you were already out at the time. I mean. When when we met as adults, not as seven-year-olds, like. But I mean, (laughs) when I met you, I always told Gabe, like, Jacob is just so cool.
2: Oh my God, Percy!
0: No, and your energy—I was just like attracted (laughs) to your energy, uh, like off the bat. I loved it. I felt like you just—you know who you are—and I think that's very,
2: like—that's amazing.
1: I admire that about you.
2: It's come with time, though, and it's come from experiences for sure. Mm
1: Hmm. Yeah, like when you're talking about your youth, you're you're saying everything quite confidently. Like, I felt comfortable and happy doing this thing, so I did it, even though other people said I shouldn't. But were you feeling that confidence at the time? Did you, once you reached that society wall, were you like, did you feel bad about yourself or something? Or were you still kind of like, well, no, this, I like this, it makes me happy.
2: Um, I definitely understood that not everyone felt the way I did. So that kind of came with some time, you know, on top of like the music I was listening to. I was also like really into like dance. And um, I was doing at the time like traditional like Indian dancing, like Bharatanatyam,
1: which is like a very like
2: classical Indian dance form. It's kind of like, if I were to describe, it's kind of like Indian ballet.
1: Cool. Do you
2: have any videos? Uh, probably at my parents' house on some VHS somewhere.
1: (laughs) I would I would pay money to see those.
2: (laughs) But you know, that's what I thought of when you said like to feel ashamed of it because the process of learning the dance and doing it was all good. But then I I do remember like times like going to perform it. Um, I did do a performance once at like my grandparents. I think it was there like. I want to say it was their 50th wedding anniversary. Um, we had, like, a big celebration for them. And I did, like, a Bharatanatyam performance on stage for, like, you know, family and friends. And I distinctly remember, like, my brothers and my cousins all just cracking the fuck up.
0: <laughs> oh my laughing. god, no!
2: And I was, you know, I was so embarrassed at the time. And, like, Ugh. I loved doing what I was doing, right? Like, I, like, loved the dance, I loved the costume, but they made me feel like, oh, like, this is not, like, something cool.
1: <laughs> yeah. Totally. Were they laughing at you, like, before the performance, after the performance? Do you remember?
2: Yeah, like, because I was even scared of, like, going out and everyone seeing me in the costume, because it is, like, the costume involves, like, some jewelry, and then, like, you do have to, like, put a little bit of, like, stage makeup on. Right. Um. So, yeah, like, for that reason, I was like embarrassed because I knew that how they were gonna react, like they were not gonna appreciate that.
1: I feel like everyone's experienced that thing, especially in like our awkward phases when we're growing up of like we put ourselves out there and we do a thing we like, but we're also so freaking embarrassed because like we don't want to anyone to make fun of us for this thing that we love. Oh, it's like the worst feeling. Definitely.
2: It's, and we're so fragile, right? So like the slightest, like, feeling of feeling like somebody's like making fun of you it's just like ugh, you know it just like it tears crushes you people.
1: down especially your brother is like you know and you're you know you look up to your male cousin so much
2: and now i can look back and laugh at it but
1: for sure <laughs> but at the time you were probably at like little, time, little jacob
2: <laughs> probably
1: just like a little confused
0: too and like i think that yeah, yeah especially when you look up to like that male energy And then it's also a very, like, straight energy that's, like, surrounding you. You're probably just, like, a whole bunch of confused, I think. I would feel that way.
2: I was confused because I was, like, okay, like, mom and dad, like, why would you, like, supposedly this is something they wanted me to do. Like, they were encouraging me to do, like, dance and stuff. But then when it came to, like, that and seeing how, you know, some people reacted to it, I was kind of confused, like, well, is there a problem with, like, th- what I'm doing that, like, I'm a boy doing this? Like, is there an issue? Because to me, it seemed like, you know, some people were okay with me doing it. But then on the other hand, I had that reaction. So I think mm. there was confusion of, like, am I maybe not aware of something that is wrong with this that, like, I wasn't aware of before that, you know, of I'm course, seeing from people's
0: yeah all you're gonna think is is, this, is there something wrong
1: like I
2: don't yeah. understand
1: did you like did you actually ask anyone or your parents like that question like is there something wrong with this or were you kind of just digesting all of
2: all of the things I think I was digesting yeah. I never really spoke up about it and I think eventually I just I ended up stopped doing dance I think just because I was like starting to feel more embarrassed about it so it was to the point where I didn't want to do it anymore Totally. So that era ended.
1: (laughs) Do you remember how old you were when you stopped doing dance? Like, were you young?
2: Yeah, I was probably like 11, 10 or 11. That's when I stopped.
1: Uh, I feel like 10 or 11 is when, like, we just, like, stop doing what we love. (laughs) Yeah. And it could be, yeah, because of pressure. Not to get dark, but yeah, all the peer pressure. And it's just multiplied, I feel, for kids who whether they know they're queer or not but queer kids it's multiplied because you're like this isn't just about like a hobby i like that other people think is weird like this is more than that it's like me it's who i am and it feels different yeah i'm expressing a very internal thing here and for some reason it's not being reciprocated or accepted and i'm it's just like must be so frustrating
2: it was very frustrating um also because my parents on top of, you know, that extracurricular, they had me involved in like some other things, right. So I was, you know, involved with soccer. Um, I did basketball for a little bit. And, you know, other things like piano lessons, drum lessons. Um, They got me involved in a lot of things like that. But not all those things I was like, really into or passionate about it was just, you know, some of those things like dance that I was like, so into and like, happy to do. Mm-hmm. But then, the reaction to that kind of makes you feel like, well, you know, it made it confusing, for sure. And my yeah. heart wasn't in some of those other activities. Like, I would do them and they were okay. But, yeah, yeah it just made it, like, weird.
1: So, what happened from there? So, you, so you feel weird, you, you feel embarrassed, you don't really know why, you quit and then from there what it, are you do you still kind of keep exploring like what happens at that point
2: so you know it's it's hard to like put a timeline to it right because all these like thoughts and feelings i think they kind of like some of them would occur like simultaneously with like other events in my life right right so kind of transitioning out of this like understanding that i'm unique and different then you kind of like pick up on like other things too right so (laughs) this is like one example I can think of but like you know (laughs) I
1: can't wait I love gossiping so much
2: you know walking through the mall right and going through like Macy's or some department store and (laughs) passing the you know underwear section and I was just like look and see like all these like male models in underwear and I was just like uh huh so (laughs) (laughs) obviously i was looking right i've been there
1: i've been there my friend
2: (laughs) you know you are looking and you know that there's something about it you like for sure yeah then you kind of notice like whether it's in tv or music videos you're just noticing men in a different way than how you're looking at the women
1: Mm -hmm. right
2: i was you know i was comfortable looking at women of course right like all my like female pop stars that I looked up to I didn't look at them for their like sexuality I was kind of looking at them for their power for their confidence appreciating other aspects of them not focusing on their like bodies so much got it but the background dancers I was looking at their bodies you know (laughs)
0: yes (laughs) that's a good point to look at it and be like yeah I love these pop stars but I'm not necessarily like crushing on them or being like admiring like their yeah their bodies but yeah I
1: I love that and you're like oh but these men in the video hello <laughs> there's a different feeling there's a, and and when there's you're a when you're young feelings. and you're you can like you feel I it know. you know there's something going on in my
2: body and that's the thing I didn't have the words for it I didn't understand right then I think when I had mentioned like you know around fifth grade you start learning about like sex ed and that was, like, really the first time I ever heard of the concept of, like, hate before. I didn't even, like, really think about the idea of, like, two men together.
1: Mm, yeah. All I knew
2: was that I was attracted to men. So the mm-hmm. idea that, like, two men can be together was, like, I, it never occurred to me up to that point. And then when it occurred to me, I was like, oh, wait, I think I'm that. And that yeah. was, like, a big kind of, like, moment of, like, oh, shit, like... <laughs>
0: Do you remember seeing, seeing a moment, like, like, was there anything you saw, like, on TV or something that was, like, represented, like, right in front of you where you thought, like, oh, I think this could be me, like, I could be with a man?
2: Um, I would say, like, a lot of the times, if there was any, like, gay representation, I don't think I was aware of it. If I do remember, like, you know, there were, like, small examples of, like, Watching like American Idol or like seeing some contestants on there and like maybe realizing like okay that guy is like maybe gay like but it was just like mm. I didn't quite understand it fully but I kind of just knew like okay there's something about this guy that's like different
1: mm-hmm.
2: and I kind of identified with that I was like well yeah they're not so different from me
1: <laughs> yeah you saw yourself there
2: but I I can't say I really remember like any specific like example of gay representation growing up i don't feel like i was really it was on my radar so much um and if it was there i don't know if i was totally aware of it
1: i know you said that (laughs) around the time that sex ed was happening was when you were Mm -hmm. like okay gay is a thing and like i might be in that in that um world yes were you was um queerness part of your curriculum or was it just kind of like at the same time you realized that gay was a thing
2: it was, it was not part of the curriculum. Um, I went to a Catholic grade school. I think what made me realize was all the talk about men and women and like men and women being together and how they come together in sex. That's what made me realize, well, that's not what I want.
1: <laughs> totally, <laughs> not totally.
2: Not quite. Yeah. <laughs> maybe 50% of that but not the whole thing
1: not the whole thing no <laughs> totally that's so funny and then what happened when you started having that realization did you freak out a little or were you like no this feels this feels very authentic and right
2: no i definitely freaked out i think only because like i didn't know what to do with that idea and what to do with that realization because to me i was like well i can't really like who can I tell about this, you know, at that age, especially, like I was not comfortable speaking it into words at that point, yeah, um so I think then you know you're kind of getting into the era of like the internet, the computer. that's when I kind of had like my discovery, <laughs> and you know oh, to yeah be honest, the internet like, will do that to you, yeah, a lot of it was just like searching things. And then, you know, getting a little older, like it was porn and like looking at that yeah. um, and realizing like, yeah, this is like exactly what I like. Um, and yep. this is like who I am, really. Like, this is me. This is what I, I, it's about. Um, from there, then, you know, you kind of discover more through music, through like pop culture about gay people and realize that there's a whole world out there, right? Yep that's like kind of waiting for you almost. But it was just always this like private thing that I could never really speak about with anyone else. Maybe up until I would say like sixth or seventh grade is when I like was maybe comfortable talking to my friends about it.
1: That's quite young. I've, I feel like that's that takes a lot of courage and confidence. When you're in grade seven, you're 13, you're so young. Like, I was pretty sure I was straight, but I wasn't comfortable talking about sex at all at 13. Like, I was so scared of the topic. It freaked me out completely.
0: Well, I was going to say, like, how, how did your friends react? Like, what were the conversations like between them, you and them, when you told them, I think I could be gay?
2: So, you know, when you guys, like, say it sounds pretty young, it was pretty young, right? But at the same time, I think... <laughs> This was also the era of, like, the internet was, like, really kind of blowing up, right? So I think some of that kind of, like, fast-forwarded our, like, discovery of, like, adult things at that time.
1: Right. Um,
2: So it was still, like, new for a lot of people my age, and we didn't totally understand it. But when it came to, like, actually coming out to my friends, my friends already knew. (laughs) So mm-hmm. that was kind of a relief, but then once it kind of got past my circle of friends and the whole school found out, that was a whole other situation. Mm-hmm. Um, at that time, I was going to public school because my family had like, moved around like, fifth or sixth grade for me, and when we moved cities, I ended up going to the public school in that city. So public school is like, a very different dynamic than private school. Um, it was a lot more kids and like private school is just a lot smaller and a little more, you know, teachers are able to like discipline a little more easily when it's like a smaller group of kids. But when you have like these large classrooms of kids, it's kind of hard to like discipline kids and like they're a little more allowed to kind of be free and whatever they want and act up if they want to. Yeah. Um, so it was a very different environment. <laughs> Which then led to, once people kind of found out about me, the whole school found out. And there was no one else, like, at that time that was, like, out, really. I so, was going to
0: ask, probably, yeah.
2: No. It would be it literally,
0: was, like, the first.
2: And it's funny, because I knew I knew the gay kids, though. Like, I, I mm. knew, like, some of the kids that were probably gay. But, you know, they, they were just not at a point of ever coming out right. at that time. Um, and I did, and that's what it was. So, yeah, it was it was some rough times. Like I dealt with a lot of bullying. My friends were cool, but then, you know, the rest of the student body didn't deal with it well. So, it was it was rough times for real. I'm
0: yeah. sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, it's too.
2: okay. <laughs> it's
0: just sad, I, like I, it's I like know. why do why do people even have to go through that? You know, it's just I know it's uh, like easier said than done, but it's,
2: it's ridiculous. So but you know, Middle school age kids are like some of the worst.
1: <laughs> totally. They're mean. They're so hormonal, but they have zero maturity. So they're like, I, they're just spinning tops, like spinning out of control, which is not an excuse for bullying at all.
2: So I definitely was in some situations. Like, you know, I was getting into fights. I was,
1: <gasps> oh no, like physical fights.
2: Yeah, like, we was thrown down, you know? Oh, God. It was a lot of these guys that would just, like, mess with me, right? So, in so many ways, they would mess with me. They would, you know, push me, shove me, push me into a locker. In the cafeteria, they'd be, like, throwing food at me.
1: Oh, my God.
2: I know. Throwing food at you? Yeah, there there was this guy. It started with, like, you know, in the lunch line, he would, like, throw fries at me. (laughs) (laughs) so stupid but he would like throw food at me and then yeah the one time we like brawled because he just like came up and just like assaulted me he punched me in the face and like we (gasps) just like got to it so mind you at the time you know the school had a policy like if you were involved in a fight like both of you guys were getting in trouble it didn't matter who started the fight right so here's my dad you know coming to the principal's office because they called him saying like hey your son was in a fight and they're asking me like what's going on here like why are you guys fighting and I was trying to like tell them like hey they're like hating on me because I'm gay but my dad was there Mm -hmm. so Uh there's another element
0: you're like I haven't even come (gasps) out to my parents yet oh
2: shit so I just like didn't say anything so I didn't really explain my behavior I just Didn't say anything, so I got I would get like suspended, Mm. all this all this stuff. I got suspended like twice in eighth grade. So my parents, they're wondering. They're like, "What is going on with you? Like, what is happening?" Like, yeah, that you know, unfortunately, it led me to sit down with them because all this stuff is just like brewing, right? All this like stuff about my sexuality, getting bullied for it. It was a lot for me to deal with, and I'm not the type of person to, like, hold stuff in. I have to, like, share. I have to, like, talk to people about stuff. Yeah. So I think, you know, with that time and that moment, I wanted to just, like, tell my parents, not because I wanted them to know, but just to, like, get it off my chest and just to, like, have some type of, like, relief. Yeah. And I told them. Like, I was 14, and I told them. I'm like, yeah, I'm gay. <laughs> and it was, <sighs> ooh, wee. it was downhill from
1: there. <laughs> <laughs> no, no,
2: it guess. was, no. And, you know, I, I will say, like, I think it's important for me to share my story only because, like, I do hear, you know, other people's coming out stories, and I'm very happy for people that have, like, supportive parents or like generally like good experiences that's great and that's how it should be but there are a lot of people that don't have that um and it's just a reality you know it's all the past now and this is just my experience I can look back at it now with a different perspective but um it did happen you know and I think it's important for me to like acknowledge it and talk about it absolutely
1: I was just going to ask what you probably were about to talk about, which was like, and you don't, you know what? You don't have to go into anything you don't want to, but like your parents' reaction was not good.
2: It was not, you know, Persis, I don't know if you can like speak to this, but generally in the culture, you know, they barely talk about sex, period. Mm -hmm. And it's not like sexuality is not like an open discussed thing in any context with my parents or family or anyone so they didn't have any capacity to like understand or like deal with you know gay stuff period it was a huge shock for them i think just to hear that from me at such a young age Mm. and i don't think they knew how to handle that um so they freaked out like they took me to the doctor
0: oh no (laughs)
2: because i think they They thought i was like i was like going through something like mentally or something they thought like something was up you know and I think it also tied into like I was not doing well in school I was getting into fights they just like were trying to see like what's going on um then they took me to our like church priest Uh,
1: of course (laughs) step two
2: for like go
1: to the the priest
2: (laughs) if you guys are familiar with like what's it called like confession when you have to like confess your sins they like had me go for that the like next day so, like, it was just totally, like, awkward. I, like, I knew what I, they wanted me to say to the priest, but I didn't end up talking to him about that. I was just like, oh, yeah, like, sometimes I yell at my parents and, like, get in trouble cool. <laughs> like, course. okay, okay i <laughs> You're stealthy. Then, you know, it was a lot of tension. It was a lot of fighting in the house. Um, it got to a very, like toxic like bad place it did lead to at one point you know my parents sent me of all places to miami because at the time there was this like jesus like youth retreat for like malu kids like um my ethnic group of like indian kids and it was just like a youth like retreat meant for like teens or whatever at that age like high school age kids um, I was only 14 and the rest of these kids were like 16 17 18 plus. <laughs> what? And I was the youngest person there, but they just felt like I needed to like somebody had like recommended this group event to them and so they flew me down with my cousin and um it was like a 6-day thing where it was just like a lot of like praying, worship and praise. <laughs> wow. Which is like fine, but there was a lot of talk about, like, homosexuality is wrong. This is why it's wrong.
1: Wow. Um,
2: wow. A lot of that. And I will say, you know, despite everything I was going through, I knew, like, I wasn't doing anything wrong. You know, I, I knew, like, I'm not, I'm not a bad person. Like, yes. what am I doing that's, like, so upsetting, you know? I'm just, like, be- I'm literally just being myself. I'm not forcing anything and in those moments of like you know listening to the speakers talk about it I kind of knew I was just like yeah you're wrong like I just don't agree with that at all so in in that way I found the strength to kind of like check out Mm -hmm. and just like have the experience go through it go through the motions but just be like yeah okay like whatever y'all
1: yeah how did you have that strength at such a young age when like your world, your parents, your peers at school are basically telling you, no, you shouldn't be this way or you can't be this way.
2: It didn't, it didn't come like right away. I definitely yeah. had time around the time that I had told my parents about me being gay where I was, you know, really like praying and really like trying to like change it. Um, I felt very like yeah, I felt, like, very ashamed, and I was just, like, really, like, praying on it, asking, like, why are you making me this way, and what am I doing wrong, like, please help me out, but then, yeah, mm-hmm. I, think, I think just with time, I realized, like, like, bitch. <laughs> you, <laughs> this is you, my favorite you're line. Like, you're not like what are you doing you're not doing anything that's like out of the ordinary that I felt you know I felt like it was so natural and so like part of me that like to change that would be to be a completely different person that I did not recognize so it would be like not myself you know
1: yeah, and you just don't see like you were saying earlier that you're not the kind of person who can keep things in. Like if they're boil if they're spilling over, they're going to spill over and you also seem like the kind of person who there's no option B to who I am and how I show up in the world. Like I couldn't picture you ever being able to genuinely put on a false like personality and pretend something that you're not. It's just you're you're too authentic.
2: I I've, I've just never been that tight. And even, you know, this is kind of getting into something else, but, you know, with family and when it comes to, like, the culture and, like, keeping secrets, right? Like, sometimes oh there's God. this culture of keeping secrets. It's and, really
0: common, I think, in our in Indian culture. It's like, you're, you're keeping secrets because you don't want to bring, like, shame on the family or something. So it's like, we're just yeah. going to keep this hidden.
2: It's all about keeping face, yeah. right? I just, like... Whenever I was asked to like do that or to like, oh don't tell you, you know, don't tell your cousins about this or don't mention this to this person or whatever, it's like I never really agreed with that. <laughs> and I'm like, no, like if it's the truth, it's the truth. Like not that like I was spilling secrets or anything, but I just never felt like if something needed to be said.
1: It's not like you're keeping a secret of like, Oh, I, I stole a car. Like, like this is this is something that you knew was not a bad thing. Like you said, you had acknowledged that this isn't bad. I'm not this is actually, you know, makes perfect sense. Why would I hide it?
2: So, you know, it it, it definitely did not align with what my parents wanted for me or what they thought was like right for me. Um, so it was a conflict for a long time. It did get to a point where, and this is just how sometimes my family deals with things, where we kind of just forgot about it and didn't really talk about it. Mm. Almost like it just never happened, right? Mm. So that was kind of how we dealt with it a lot through, like, my high school years. And then, you know, when it came to me going to, like, college, um, I ended up going to a college in Cleveland. So I was just, like, commuting from home, right, from my undergrad. When it came to, like, my relationship with my parents and my family, apart from all, all the gay stuff, like, we were okay. You know, we would have fights and disagreements here and there, but I think with my parents, I always felt like I wanted to try to live my life with, like, transparency, openness, and honesty. I felt like that was the best policy because I... Wasn't always like that, especially when I was, you know, younger and like hiding a lot of my like gay stuff. Mm-hmm. It it was a time of a lot of lying, a lot of secrecy, a lot of like that. But then it it created this like distrust. It created this like weird dynamic of like we don't know who you are. Um. So, I think I kind of grew into this mindset of you know what I'm not gonna lie about what I'm doing or who I am. I'm gonna be open and honest and mom and dad may not like what I have to say, but at least they'll know I'm telling the truth. So they can Mm -hmm. like have that, you know. Yeah,
0: you're not hiding anything. You're just being transparent.
2: So it it real. yeah. I think I kind of formulated that through my college years. And eventually I had like a serious boyfriend. Um, And, you know, going into it, I didn't really mention it to them initially because it was all very new for me too but once it got more serious um yeah i did like let them know what was going on like who are you gonna go see i'm seeing this person
1: <laughs> yeah what they so, say
2: that was kind of like a reminder or like it kind of like sparked the issue again for them mm. um it wasn't good but considering that we had already gone through this before, it wasn't as bad as like, the first time. Right. right. We had our issues. We had our disagreements, arguments, fights. But then eventually, um, I think with time, it came from my dad first. Uh, my dad, he's a pretty rational guy. And, you know, sometimes he does let his emotions kind of overtake his like rational thinking.
0: <laughs> yeah. But
2: I I think part of what led them to try to understand it was just seeing like me through my relationship with them. We had a good relationship. I was always trying to like do right by my parents. And also the fact that like, you know, I had been doing okay in school, I was like working for my career. Those were kind of like maybe checks for my parents to, like, validate that, like, okay, like, he's not, like, crazy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) He's not spiraling.
2: He's, like, got, he's, like, pretty regular, (laughs) right? So maybe we should, like, think about this a little. (laughs) And, you know, it's something that I feel like I had to do in my situation. You kind of have to, like, validate yourself a little bit as, like, an Indian American in terms of, like, education sometimes because, that's one way that people will kind of like almost like validate you. It's like, oh, okay. Like you like have a degree. So you gain some like respect with that.
1: Yeah. Isn't it like, isn't it a common thing in Indian American or North American culture, especially where Indian kids, there's this pressure. It's like doctor engineer or um, like something within those two kind of like it's weird. It's like those are the those are the checkmark options. Yeah, I was listening to a podcast this morning and uh, with an Indian um, host on the on the pod, and she was saying that as well. She chose neuroscience as her career, and it was like a diverge. It was kind of like a divergent from what she what they wanted her to be, which was a doctor.
2: It's it's definitely an expectation, and education is like kind of seen as like one of the validators of like a person mm-hmm. past that i would say it's marriage because that's typically um the next step is to get the person married to get your children married once Maybe you're, it's like, like a form married, of
0: stability or something yeah. they find that like success
2: and once you do that you are treated very differently past that you're almost like you've gained the respect of the community you've kind of like entered the circle and now you're like left alone a little bit
1: (laughs) interesting
2: it's very interesting considering I feel like a lot of us don't necessarily follow that path so
1: (laughs) especially this generation right
2: of course I don't find those things like I don't need those things to validate myself you know I I validate myself through other ways, and those aren't necessarily the ways that my parents, like, agree with. I'm proud of my education, of course, but, like, I definitely don't feel like marriage is ever going to, like, define me, whether I decide to do it or not, you know? It's like, I am who I am, whether I'm, you know, married or not,
1: (laughs) Yeah, First, I'm curious, did you ever feel those pressures growing up for education and marriage specifically, if if not from your parents, then maybe from like the rest of the family?
0: From the rest of the family. Yeah, for sure. But I think the aunties, the aunties, but (laughs) truly like, I think because my world was really like my, my immediate family almost did feel very separate from the rest of the Malu community because I feel like my dad also had like his certain, um, a certain perception of how the community outside of our family was. So I was pretty influenced by that. So I, my world was really just my immediate families, like, and, and the occasional, yes, like we go see family for like an occasion. And, um, but I wasn't super involved in like anything outside of like, um, the Kerala community in terms of like conventions and stuff like that, that I know. Yeah. Gabe would often talk about like he would go to it and he would see you, but my family was not about that. So I just think my, my growing up was a little bit different in that sense. It felt very much like, yeah, we want you to make, we want to make sure you make money. Like we want you to make money and make a living, but truly like do what you want to do. And for me, it was, I always wanted to go into the arts in some way or like do something in a creative field. Yeah. And then, and then marriage wasn't really... Ever on the mind. If anything, my dad was like, be single.
1: Searle. <laughs> <laughs> and- I hope Searle's listening because he gets so many shout-outs in this episode. <laughs>
0: he still wants me to be single. He's always like, Girls are trouble, so like be single.
2: <laughs> He's not wrong about that. He's not He's wrong.
0: wrong.
2: Perseus, I'm I'm always so interested to hear about your family. Only because like when it comes to like your parents and like Gabe's parents, and you know, a lot of it actually extends to like a lot of our Canadian family, there is like a significant difference between the Canadian family members we have and the American ones. Meaning like in, in my understanding of just our family, when I say you guys, I mean like all the Canadians, right? Like you guys definitely I feel are way more progressive and like open-minded. Um, and just, like, not stuck in the traditions where, where like, my family, especially my dad's side of the family, and a lot of my extended family in the U.S., they're just, they're a lot more traditional and a lot more conservative. Um, mm-hmm. So the willingness to, like, be open to other ideas is, like, not always there. Um, where I feel like when I see, like, your parents and Gabe's parents, like, those are like examples to me of like people that are like going to be a little more open-minded and like, you know, a nice blend of Indian culture and Canadian culture, Um, where my family doesn't necessarily embrace a lot of American culture, period. They're kind of more always kind of thinking about India. So that like definitely had an impact on my upbringing.
1: Yeah. Why um... do you think that is?
2: I think it just depends on the families, right? Um, yeah yeah but I think it has to do with education exposure how much you're willing to kind of like understand the environment that you're in you know my family and this goes with my parents and a lot of my like aunts and uncles they don't really participate much in American life in general Um, they do in like, certain regards, right? They have their work life or their professional life. But past that, they don't really do, like, a lot of, like, American things. So when it comes to who they, like, consider their close friends and who they regularly talk to, it's usually other people from the community. Right. But they're just, like, always in that world. And that's kind of what's feeding, like, their idea of, like, what's right and what's, like, expected.
0: It's maybe like a comfort because I was also going to ask like just in terms of like your Indian culture and I feel like there would have been differences in our growing up experiences but I feel like mm-hmm. you were probably surrounded a lot more by like do you feel like the people you were surrounded with were like mainly Indian because I feel like I, I would notice that when I'd go visit my cousins in um, Texas for example. Oh yeah, Their their whole world was Indian people and I I was like 13 going to visit them and they were shocked that like a majority of my friend group were of different cultures. And honestly, a majority of them were white. And that was just how it was growing up in Whitby for me. But for them, it was like every weekend was a family parties. That was mm-hmm. their world. And all their best friends were Indian. And they had their school life that was just separate, but that wasn't like a part of their world. And they loved it. But they, it, I just was curious to know how that was for you.
2: Um, I had a similar experience of like, you know, my life outside of my house, you know, in school, I did grow up in like majority white community. So I didn't grow up with Indian people in school. But, you know, when it came to my life outside of school, it was pretty Indian, because if it wasn't, you know, my family or hanging out with my cousins and the rest of my family in Cleveland, we were going to weddings, we were going to you know, we have these national conventions every two years um, in the summer where the entire community meets in one city. And it's it's a huge event. Um, So we would, we would go to those. And that's when you're surrounded by, you know, a bunch of kids your age from the same culture. Yeah, it was, it was always that. We were always kind of participating. So I definitely had that aspect of my life as well. I I definitely felt a little disconnected just because growing up in Cleveland, like I did have this like American life that I I felt more kind of comfortable with, right? And then sometimes these Indian um, environments were not the most like welcoming, (laughs) especially to people like me, right? I I couldn't be myself in those environments.
1: So a big part of Persis's story like her coming out story and not to tell your story for you purse but just setting up the question is that you didn't see anyone who looked like you and it was about being feminine presenting but also you're like i don't see any indian girls who are like openly gay and look like you know like makeup like i don't see it it doesn't exist did being indian play a role like that for you when you were kind of coming to terms coming to terms with your sexuality and i have a second part to the question but i'll save that for later (laughs)
2: I don't think it really played a role at that time when I was first discovering my sexuality only because, you know, I, I already like was in this environment of being the only, usually the only Indian person in, you know, my school environment. Right. So oh, yeah, that was always going to be with me no matter what I did. So when it came to like discovering my sexuality, that was already kind of understood that like, well, yeah, there's definitely no other Indians around me. So I'm, I wasn't even really thinking of looking for like mm. other examples like that. Um,
1: right.
2: And they definitely weren't there.
1: <laughs> yeah. I mean, definitely not like openly in your family or anything like that. Because you had all these Indian people around you. But
2: like, they, were there family. any
1: openly queer people in your family?
2: No. And, you know, even past my family going to some of like the other Indian events, like in Cleveland... Um no there was nobody that made you feel even more like oh yeah you were the only one out here girl like this like this is all you you know Yes
0: and it's a wild feeling but you know what i just thought about how many people do you think are closeted Probably so many
2: Now i understand a lot of them are You know as an adult you understand things like way differently or you like realize things in a very different way so Things that I maybe had heard about when I was a kid, I understand them now. Is like, oh, that person was gay. Like, <laughs> like mm-hmm. I have a family member who, um, she's like a cousin of mine um, that I didn't really know. She's from she's from India. She got married um, and then she ended up getting divorced. But I never quite understood why they got the divorce at the time. Later in my adult life, it came out that her husband was gay and he basically, like, came out after they got married and said, like, no, I can't do this, like, so, it was like, a, yeah, good wow. for him. But it was a big scandal, apparently, that, like, was kind of hidden from us and not talked about.
1: Wow. I wonder what it would have been like for, like, I don't know how young you were when that divorce happened, but I wonder, like, say you were, you know, 11, 12. What if you had known the whole story? Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, I wonder if those things were more... Um, transparent to you as a young person oh this Indian man in my community got married was get you know what I mean like it would have I wonder if we were more exposed to these things as kids like how if anything would have been different or not or if we would have had a different perception
2: that's interesting to think about um yeah I can't say like what kind of impact it would have had
0: maybe it would have felt like a little more normalized. Cause I know for me that I was really young when I found, found out my cousin was gay, a gay man, very young. I think I was like six, five or six. And I remember being at their house, um, on the computer. Cause like, as a kid, I was like, they're like, go have fun. Like it was only adults at this like family gathering. So I was just on the computer playing, <laughs> doing whatever, like MiniClip.com or something.
1: And, <laughs> Mini clips.
0: And I, I found in their history his parents were searching like what to do when your child is gay and like almost like help. I can't remember exactly the searches, but it was all like gay, gay, gay. Like
1: my child looked in the history (laughs) purses. I
0: I don't know how I, how I ended up there, but I remember (laughs) seeing it. And then later, um, my mom, my mom or dad was one of them told me that this, this person in my family is gay. And then they kind of like explained it to me about what that means. And so whenever wow. I would see him cuz wow. he is a very masculine presenting man, I always was like I just in my little head thought he like had a girlfriend or something and then it was really quick quick to me because my parents explained it. I was like okay, he likes boys. And I know that now. Wow. So I think like that just that's when you're a kid and you find that out, you don't question
1: it. You're like okay, great just the stark difference between your parents and jacob your parents and very stark difference you know
2: the fact that persis your parents even said the word gay Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) it's
2: like baffling to me because my parents they they wouldn't even say the word wow they would refer to it in so many other ways like your that you know that bad habit or like (sighs) you know they would never say gay they, it, that just never came out of their mouth
1: do they say it now
2: um not really no mm. and I, I was gonna kind of get into at some point <laughs> i was gonna kind of get into like how they are now with it
1: yeah let's start di- let's do it
2: so um ooh-wee. so okay i mentioned like i was in a you know relationship through college and then it ended up being like a five-year relationship so towards the end of the relationship they did take the time to meet my boyfriend to like come to our apartment and like sit down with us bring some food those were like big steps for my parents considering yeah <laughs> where we were sure. coming from right um they weren't totally there right like they, they still did not agree with it Um, And they didn't like it, but I think they just wanted to get to know him and just understand who this person was that I was trying to convey to them, like, this person is important to me.
0: Very fair. Uh, Like, just a, yeah, this person is in Jacob's life.
2: Yeah. And I think the effort was great and it was much appreciated. When, you know, we ended things, which was actually, like, earlier this year, they were happy, (laughs) oh my god i I will say genuinely i think they were happy because i did i think they thought like the person was not good for me there might have been you know some other feelings there of like hallelujah he's not with them anymore but um
1: (laughs) hallelujah i I do
2: feel like they were being genuine you know to some degree of like they didn't think he was the right person for me got it so fast forward now where you know i'm in miami they're up in cleveland And, you know, we have these conversations on the phone. So, you know, my mom, she is like, hey, you know, I have a friend in Tampa who has a daughter and they're really interested in um, talking to you. Basically, she's setting me up for a proposal. (laughs) I'm like, mom. Mom. You understand, right? Like, finally, you know, I had to make the decision where I was like, mom, like, I have to set these boundaries with you, you know? Like, yeah. I love you and I care about you a lot, but you c- you have to, like, stop asking me to, like, talk to this girl. Like, I'm a gay man.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, it's, it's not going to be a happy relationship, Ma. Like, I'm not no. doing this girl any favors. <laughs> She's not doing any for me. <laughs>
2: oh, definitely not. I I have to tell her, like, Mom, you understand, like, I'm gay. And this, this is actually the first time we have really talked about it, in a long time where I was asking her, I'm like, mom, like, do you know gay people? Like, you must know that there are gay people. And she's like, yeah, like, I do do understand that there are gay people. But she's like, in her mind, she feels like, you're my son. And I feel like I need to make the effort. Because I think she still just does not agree that it's like the right thing for me. Mm. And she feels that like this is her duty to like make the effort and to like try to like help me see the other side you know she'll say things like well how do you know unless you try
1: <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh my god like you don't like...
2: know like just talk to the girl and see and yeah it's just like <sighs> explaining to her like that's not how it works like
1: how do you explain that Cause, because because when I hear these types of things, like what your mom is saying, and she's saying it with so much love and care for you, and you know that it it's coming from a from genuinely a place of like she wants what she thinks is best for you. And I can it's almost like I can see where that perspective is coming from, but how do you communicate the what we all know is obvious? You know, like how do you communicate something that's so obvious?
2: <laughs> to me it's obvious, right?
1: Yeah, to me-
2: I'm thinking, Mom, like, I've been talking to you guys about this since I was 14. Like, come on now. I think they just feel like they have to try to, like, change something. I do try to explain to them, like, it's not a lack of trying. Like, it's just a matter of I just know. Just as you would not you know ever think of being with a woman or mm. like that with the man it's the same thing
0: right I was yeah. almost gonna say like what if you I was like maybe don't say this to your mom because she might get like mad <laughs> but I would have flipped it and been like what if I kept trying to set you up with a woman and said mom you never know unless you try you should talk to her and she'd be like mm. no and you'd be like that's exactly how I feel mm. about you trying to set me up with this girl
2: right well, the, the, the table but their reaction to it is, well, no, that's not the same thing. But it is. So that's kind of <sighs> where we're at. And, you know, I think it's a matter of setting boundaries with them. Yeah. It's, you know, all coming from a place of love. And, you know, I I love my parents. I can say that, like, confidently. I, I love my parents. Yeah. And I know they love me. But, you know going forward, we're going to have to navigate exactly how we're going to communicate with each other when it comes to this, because I've come to a point where I'm, you know, I love my family, but if that means compromising respect and my happiness for their comfort or their like expectations of me, that's not right. And it's like, whose life am I living at that point? I definitely just want to get to a place where ideally I'm happy and they're happy. So I'm going to always get, fight for that moment whether it comes or not, I don't know, but yeah. you know, I just have to try. I know, I, right?
1: It's a lot
2: like it sounds it's happy. a lot.
1: Well, I it's just a, sit here and it's, I listen to your story and it's just like your whole story is just like you being open and trying and trying and trying to be honest transparent like constantly started at 10 and now here we are at 27 and i just think just when i sit back and hear a story like yours i i can't help but think about me and how i how much yes we all have our own struggles but how much i didn't have to Validate myself every step. You know what I mean. Like it takes the strength to validate yourself every single step of the way. And I've watched Persis do it for ten years as well. It's just like really inspiring. The level of like how much you know yourself
0: is incredible too. Sarah and I have kind of talked about that as well in past episodes. That I think a lot of gay people or anyone in the LGBTQIA plus community have to. Face is, I think, just just having that confidence and knowing yourself, because you're gonna met be met with so many people saying, "Well, you never know unless you try. You should be open to this, because we want to try and help you or, or see if you could you could fall in love with this boy or you could fall in mm-hmm. love with this girl." But I think for you and I, like Jacob, because I've actually also been there too. With my mom at a point was like only mentioning, not that she was trying to deny the fact that I liked women but she was also trying to wrap her head around like oh so does that mean purses will never be with a boy and she would kind of talk to me about boys and at one point marsh my sister had to be like mom she's gay
1: purses likes girls <laughs> leave it to marsh to say it like yes it
0: yeah you know but it's in it and sometimes yeah it's not met with any hate per se at least coming from my mom i know it wasn't but we always have to like we there's a level of knowing yourself that I think we have to we own it and we just it's know we like know in our guts,
2: forced, right? We've kind of been like forced to be like know who you are because if you don't know who you are then it's going to be very easy for other people to like formulate who you should be. And I feel like for myself like I've just always been challenged to like, who are you? You know, like, is is this, is all of this that you're going through worth it for who you feel like you are? So I've had to, like, really be sure, like, okay, this is, like, this is it. Like, this isn't some, like, you know, thing you're just going through or you're not confused. Like, no, I'm pretty sure, like, this is it, you know? Mm-hmm. So I, I I've definitely felt that I've had to fight for who I am. Um, especially in my situation, in my environment, where I come from, where it 's not accepted, as annoying as I think about sometimes how like unaccepted people like me are in the community, it has also helped me like realize who I am very early in life
1: and hearing like throughout the course of this podcast we 've heard so many queer stories, and as a straight woman like i every single time I'm just reminded that like I know so many straight people who are in their 50s 60s and they still don't know who they are and they've never taken they've never needed to define who they are and and figure it out and like I feel like every queer person that we've talked to and every queer person I've met they've had to do that at such a young age and they've benefited so much from it like it it brings yeah. you that confidence it it's an experience that so that other humans like don't allow themselves to have, or aren't forced to have, to, to survive, to be happy. And I just feel like it's so beautiful. And like, one of the things we wanted to ask you was like, what was the most pleasant surprise that came out of your whole experience young and all the way up till now. And I feel like knowing yourself so, so deeply is such a nice, outcome of all the
2: hardships I, I I can definitely say the best outcome from all of this is that like being gay has so much to do with who I am today right and like how I even just think about a lot of stuff you know it's just really helped shape my worldview I mean it's it, I would not be the person I am today if I was, like, I could not think of myself not gay. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, know, I was really. just like, Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it's enriched my life in a certain way, and it's really helped me, like, understand things in a very, like, unique, beautiful perspective that I'm really, like, happy with, and I, like, cherish that.
0: That makes me so happy to hear. <laughs> me too. I love that. I, I love mean. that so much. And you can see you're, like, literally glowing. <laughs>
2: It's
1: uh, a CeraVe. <gasps> Ooh, CeraVe. Hey, the I use CeraVe. Does that mean I'm going to be glowing? <laughs> Purse, is there anything else that you wanted to, to ask your cousin, Jacob? Actually, yes. Kind of to wrap this interview
0: up, you've been incredible and so open and so vulnerable. And I knew going into that, I was like, Jacob's going to be the best person to talk to this about, oh but
2: gosh.
0: seriously, seriously. But I did want to ask, do you have any advice for any young... Oh, hello. Sorry, Mumford just what, jumped on this. What was Hi, baby. Hi, you.
1: Hello. I just like saw something and I was like, personally about to die. Okay. <laughs> yes, it's just a cute dog. Okay.
0: <laughs> I was going to ask, do you have any advice for any young people who are figuring out their sexuality? And especially if they're in the Indian community, you know, like you have to go through it.
2: Uh, Yes, I would say that, you know, there is no perfect time or right time to come out for some people, unfortunately, right? Some people don't have really the option to come out in certain situations because coming out might compromise, you know, their health or safety, um, depending on where they're coming from. Um, So I would definitely say, like, you know, take your time. If you do decide to come out, you know, just think of exactly, like, where you are in your life, what kind of resources you have available to you if you do happen to need them, meaning, like, you know, support systems. And I think having a good support system is, like, important so that in the event that you deal with, like, difficulties and challenges, there is, like, that system that is going to be there to, like, help you through those times. Um, because it's not easy to do all by yourself and if it means you have to wait um, that's not necessarily a bad thing you you know you can wait as long as you need to I've you know because I've definitely thought about my situation and I've thought about you know was I too young or like did I really could I have maybe waited a little later to tell my parents Um, would that have, like, benefited me a little more? And I think, like, I could see, like, some ways where, yeah, like, maybe things would have turned out differently in this way, but at the same time, I would not be the person I am if I didn't go through those experiences. As long as you are living your truth and you're not compromising your happiness, come out if you feel like that's going to enrich your life or it's going to help you speak your truth, but um, there's no right way to come out. No,
0: I don't think. So it's
2: whatever's best for you.
0: Yep. And I do, I do really like what you said when you said live for yourself and not for others.
2: Yeah. Like and, you said
0: that earlier too. And I was like, that's true. And I think that is the process like people come to terms with when they're coming out is like, I'm doing this for me.
2: That's because nice it's, it's easy to like feel guilt or feel like, like I've definitely felt, you know guilt about oh, like, you know, I'm I'm not living up to the expectations of my parents or the people around me. Um, But at the end of the day, it's like, you know, you. somebody said this to me once. They were like, you are the only person that you're going to go to bed with every night. Like, you are the only person you're going to be with your entire life. So you have to be okay with you. And you got to be looking out for you at the end of the day. That might sound selfish at times, but You know, if you're not living your life for you, who are you living it for?
0: Yeah. And I think there's times in our life when, yeah, it is okay to be selfish. And it's okay to be selfish when it comes to your life, what you're doing for yourself. And also... You're going to bed with yourself every night, but don't you want to make sure you're going to bed with someone you like
1: every night? Like, hello.
2: (laughs) That's huge. Like
1: Yeah. Like can you guys imagine a life where like purse where you like wake up next to some dude every day? You'd be like, Bro, no, get out of my bed. Hi, can you leave (laughs) things? Oh my God. Well, thank you, Jacob, so much for everything. We've, I don't know if we said this at the beginning, but we've had a lot of people ask for this particular topic, being gay and Indian or just being gay and a minority, a visible minority. And for some reason we haven't talked about it yet, even though Persis is one half of this operation. Um, <laughs> <Yeah>. but we've <laughs> not, not into detail.
0: detail. So yeah, not great. into
1: detail. You're right. Yeah. And we've really, really wanted to, but we wanted to have someone with us who could speak to an experience that we hadn't heard yet and, I just i just want to say i really appreciate it from me personally i know oh, yeah. just-
2: um thank you for allowing me to speak my story um and listening i appreciate you guys
0: and yeah seriously once again like thanks for being so open and like your story like honestly needs to be told too we need yeah. that perspective
1: definitely
2: thanks guys
1: thank you love
2: you love you too love you both <laughs>
1: Love you. Sorry, yes, I just like that Murphy.
0: Yeah, she's getting a little anxious. Someone's gonna be like, who's Mumpy? <laughs> this person's <his> new
1: girlfriend. <laughs> she's getting anxious. <laughs> She's whimpering. <laughs> okay. Oh, okay. We'll hurry. We'll hurry. I feel bad. <laughs>
0: and I'm going to give her some snuggles. She's in my bed right now.
1: Oh, okay. We'll do In Case You Missed It so fast.
0: See, this is why I, This is why I can't get a dog. I'd literally be staring at
1: them all day. I stare at Olivia all day. <laughs> she is a cutie
0: patootie. Are we ready for In Case You Missed It?
1: Yes, we are. We've never been more ready in our lives.
0: And this one in particular is very... Um, it's very much for this day. And today is October 21st, which is none other than, drum roll please, Kim Kardashian's birthday.
1: Oh my god.
0: <laughs> but also, my
1: sister's birthday.
0: Oh my god.
1: Yeah, so I'm Cassia, a little bit that Cassia, you said Kim before Cassia. Cassia. Is it Kim or Cassia battle of the k's also so it's kim's birthday it's cassia's birthday cassia i doubt you're listening to this but if you are happy belated birthday and kim i know you're listening to this so happy birthday yeah kim's obviously listening she's she's gonna be our next guest um but what else is today persis today is
0: spirit day
1: (laughs) i really want to do spirit fingers right now
0: um so spirit day is on october 21st and according to the gay times 70% 70% of LGBTQ plus students report being verbally harassed in school. And 71% of LGBTQ plus students report hearing homophobic remarks from teachers and or school staff because of their gender expression.
1: God, those numbers and are staggering.
0: They're massive. And actually, what was also said was that half of those students don't even really go on to report their experiences of bullying because- they doubt that it will actually like make a difference. Mm-hmm. Um, so Spirit Day came, came about because like to support the LGBTQ plus youth who are facing bullying and harassment, every year millions of people wear purple to support that day.
1: Nice.
0: And I guess it was originally organized by GLAD, and as an opportunity to take a stand against bullying and making sure your support is well known universally.
1: Right. So, like, if you're wearing, essentially, if you're wearing purple, you s- support queer, queer youth. Yes. And you're not a bystander. You stand up against bullying and harassment if you can.
0: hmm I love that. And also, like, even going into Jacob's story too, right? Like, Jacob talks about being bullied in his public school by students and how teachers and staff weren't really doing anything about it because it almost felt like the volume was too high of like how many students there were but that's not that's not okay
1: yeah like there might not have even been enough faculty resource to deal with the problem but like that part of the story i really hit me because like it was physical
2: mm-hmm. he was
1: physically abused for being gay which i i just didn't it, I don't know about you, but I didn't see that growing up. Like, I didn't see gay kids getting, like, hurt on the playground or anything. Like, maybe I wasn't aware of it, but I just—it almost felt like a movie or something. Like when he was explaining it, I was like, "This feels like a scene I would see on like a teen show or something." And I like the fact that it happens to so many people in real life.
0: It's America for you too, I think.
1: I know I was I was going to ask Jacob about that and I forgot because I don't know did you see that happening like did you have gay kids in your school and if you did were they like physically harassed?
0: We had gay kids in my school but I never saw them getting harassed like that. I never saw anyone getting pushed into a locker and being bullied physically for being gay. Things would be said verbally for sure yeah, yeah. or they would be made fun of or but never, never saw it got, get physical. And listen, like, I don't want to speak for anyone. So it's just saying, like, for I went sure. to that school and I never, I never saw.
1: My perception was, like, it wasn't cool to be, like, a traditional bully. Like, someone who, like, beats up people on the plate. That wasn't cool. Like, it was way, it was way cooler to be, like, kind and considerate. Verbal abuse is another, another story. But yeah. anyway, Jacob's not the only one because you found some, Really interesting stats. So, fifty-three percent of queer students don't report experiences of bullying because they don't think that there's, that it's going to be dealt with. There's going to be like a solution, or that um, the adults or the authority in the situation are going to intervene. Almost forty-nine percent of queer students have experienced cyberbullying. I actually thought that stat would be higher. Twenty-nine mm-hmm. percent of queer youth have experienced homelessness, have been kicked out, or run away and even hearing Jacob's story like he wasn't kicked out of his home or forced to run away or anything like that but how easily could it have skewed that way with yeah. unsupportive parents who knows like if Jacob had decided he couldn't stay in that home anymore if he wasn't accepted and he had nowhere else to go i feel like it's can so easily veer down that road
0: mhm very easily <laughs>
1: And 86% of queer youth said that recent politics have negatively impacted their well-being. Positive news, though. 80% of youth said that celebrities who are queer positively impact how they feel about being in the community. And what does that mean, Pertzis? That means
0: media rep matters, y'all. We talk about this so much, but I would feel like if I knew a celebrity I liked was queer or something, it made me feel really good about myself and my sexuality. It's just like... Because you see that, you see representation and you're like,
1: I'm not alone. We hope that you, if you didn't know it was spirit day, no worries. Um, (laughs) No judgment. No worries. (laughs) Did I say it? person I tired. but if you didn't know it was no worries but it it was and we hope you learned a little bit about about it and next October 21st you can celebrate it you can wear some purple if you have kids or if you have kids in your life maybe you can talk to them about spirit day about bullying um and about queerness of course happy spirit day
0: yeah happy spirit day so we just wanted to acknowledge that and yes I know today technically is not spirit day
1: <laughs> oh, the but. day you guys are listening to this
0: yes but um just carry it on with you and just remember that queer youth i think we we there has to be a huge emphasis on like supporting queer youth and making sure that they feel safe so just yeah. a reminder of
1: that Yeah. We're purple every day. Um, Percy Bunzy Bears, before we uh, sign off for the night, I did want to mention something really quick before we forget. We had an amazing listener reach out to us and, um, tell us that they were listening to an episode of ours. And we had said a few times, um, the term preferred pronouns, and they just wanted to share that they, um, like they weren't they were like, you feel free to research this and and maybe do some digging, but from what they understood, preferred pronouns could be um, considered like a a complicated term to use or um, an insulting term to use because it implies that um, it's a choice, like what Mm -hmm. gender you identify with, by saying that the pronouns are their preferred. So I just wanted to acknowledge that and say that, thank you so much for pointing that out and for sharing that with us and it's just like a perfect example of how we keep growing we keep learning here at girl on girl and i think it's a great point and something to keep in mind as we continue as a society to talk about pronouns a lot like yeah be conscious of the way that you speak about it because it matters
0: Agreed. And yeah, thank you for pointing that out because I think that's something that was subconsciously said without even thinking of the meaning behind that. But then when you look back and you say, oh, I kept saying preferred pronouns. Yeah, it, it does sound like a choice. So I think um, I, I'm, I'll be conscious of that too when I'm talking about pronouns. Me too. I love that. Yeah.
1: Call us out. I love you. I wish I got a screenshot of your face just then. (laughs) Do it like this. Because it was. And then back. It was shocking.